Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Pacific time zone only has a little bit over 16% of the population. So about 20% of the population is in the mountain time zone or west. 80% of the United States population. I think that surprises a lot of people when they actually hear that. 80% of the United States population is central time zone or east coast time zone. And I bring all this up because LeBron James has spent his entire career in the eastern time zone. And what does that mean? That means that a lot of times people get off work and they get home and they sit down and they've gotten used to putting LeBron James on the television when he's playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers or he's playing for the Miami Heat. And when they do that, they will then oftentimes leave their televisions on for some of these doubleheader games where the West Coast game happens afterwards. And then if you end up falling asleep, guess what? On your couch, your uh, advertiser, your television network gets credit as long as your television remains on, right? So that's why it's oftentimes the case that if a, a highly rated sports event happens, even the next morning, the first thing people do is if their television turned off during the night, they wake up and they flip it back on. The numbers are always huge. So if you are the Tuesday morning after ESPN has Monday night football, the audience is much bigger. The Saturday morning for FS1 after they have Dodgers Brewers tonight, game six, a lot more people will be watching FS1 on Saturday morning because they'll wake up and they'll turn the television on. They fell asleep on the couch. A lot of you know what I'm talking about. You're watching sports. LeBron not being in the East Coast. This is an argument I've been making for a while, and I'm going to continue to expand on it. LeBron not being in the East Coast is a major, major deal. 
for the NBA. Because the NBA doesn't have a league. They have a player. LeBron James people care about to a massive extent. LeBron is the straw that stirs the NBA drink. The analogy that I would make is, think about Tom Cruise. When Tom Cruise makes a movie over the last 25 years, people go see Tom Cruise's uh, movie. How often do people go see the movies of the girl starring in a movie with Tom Cruise? How many women who have ever starred in movies with Tom Cruise have ended up being celebrities in their own right who you would go see a movie with? He was married to Nicole Kidman. I'm not sure that she counts, but she certainly is a star. Days of Thunder, I think, was where they met. She became a star because she was in a movie with Tom Cruise. Other than that, maybe Cameron Diaz? My point here is people go to watch the star. Tom Cruise is the star of every Tom Cruise movie. There is always a love interest of Tom Cruise that is in that movie, and that love interest becomes famous a little bit because she was in the movie with Tom Cruise. But that person cannot carry a movie on her own because she's not the star. She's just there alongside of Tom Cruise. That's what the rest of the NBA is, by and large. Outside of the Warriors... The rest of the NBA is all about LeBron James is the star, and we're also kind of relevant because we're on the same stage with LeBron James. LeBron James and Tom Cruise, everybody else just about in the NBA, is the girl who stars in the movie with Tom Cruise. What's my analogy here? The NBA's opening night ratings on TNT which Twitter would have you believe is the greatest thing that's ever happened in the history of mankind because the NBA fans are a lot more active on social media than almost any other fan base. The ratings plummeted 37% without LeBron James involved on the East Coast. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The Lakers last night. On L.A. Braun, what do you think the over-under should be for Lakers wins this year? L.A. Braun is going, I think the uh, NBA is going to struggle because they don't have a league, they have a player, but L.A. Braun is out there. They went 0-1. They're going to come back home against the uh, the Rockets and have their home debut, I believe. What's your over-under, Danny G, for Laker wins? You know, I yesterday on the show, I was talking 50, uh, but what I mentioned was that they really need a pure shooter. They need a three-point shooter that can spot up, especially for games where LeBron is resting or not doing well. Is Ray Allen willing to unre- unretire? Maybe they <laughs> could like trade. He's like 48 now. I know. Or maybe they could trade with the Suns to get Jamal Crawford. That's what they really need because, they, check this out, they could push the tempo. They ran last night they outscored portland 34 to 12 in fast break points but <laughs> their three-point shooting what was it five for 25 horrendous josh hart was the only laker that could make a three-pointer last night so that's where the lakers need to improve they desperately need to trade for a three-point shooter yeah look i, I think that uh that this storyline and we talked about it some earlier in the show the nba ratings on opening night were down 37 percent And I think a big reason why that happened was because LeBron James was not playing on the East Coast anymore. And the NBA got used to this idea that they were going to have the ability to really take advantage of LeBron as the lead-in for everybody on the West Coast. Now LeBron's on the West Coast, and 80% of all American population 
is in the central or the eastern time zone. So it's great to do well on the West Coast, but a lot of that was building off of LeBron doing well on the East Coast. And by the way, the Lakers were 7 for 30 for 3 last night. Pretty awful shooting percentage from outside. LeBron obviously likes to be surrounded by spot-up shooters. Maybe they can trade for Kyle Korver and prolong his uh, never-ending NBA career. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. I am now in London. I have been here all week. I'll actually miss Monday's show. Jason Martin and Jeff Shorts will sit in. I'll be flying back. Had an incredible time over here gearing up for the Titans-Chargers game. I just floated my solution to how to deal with the fact that nobody likes the Chargers. Nobody in Los Angeles is interested at all in the Chargers. Reports are nobody signing up for their season tickets. LA really only wanted one NFL team, and the Rams got there first, and they have soaked up all the attention. They've got the better franchise. They have got the better situation. So my solution is effectively move the Chargers to London. And in the process, here's what you could do. Jacksonville, it seems clear, wants to move to London. If Jacksonville wants to move to London, move the Chargers to Jacksonville, bump the Jacksonville to uh, to London, where it seems clear their owner, Shad Khan, wants to be. And then you prevent Jacksonville from losing a team. You also then bump the Houston Texans to the AFC West. And you put the London team in the AFC South, even though geographically it doesn't make a lot of sense. Then you've got everything preserved and you've got 32 teams and you're able to go after the European market and see whether or not there's enough interest. I think London is like a, a an opportunity for the NFL to dip its toe in the uh, Europe market. London, not that much different from New York. And if it went well in London, maybe they could eventually have a European division like they tried years ago with the with the NFL Europe. Maybe eventually they could have a uh, concept where they had a European division. Maybe you get teams in multiple cities and figure out how much interest there is in American football in Europe. And then you have your own division where those teams can all play and you can expand the American football footprint. We'll see whether or not that ends up happening. That's my idea. All right. We are doing the anonymous mailbag. I'm going to do the anonymous mailbag live here in hour two, 877-996-6369 for everybody out there. I can solve all of your problems in life. And so Dub is fielding the calls, and uh, I think this will go well, although it's a little bit of a a moving uh, situation. Usually we do this on Wednesday. I wasn't on the air in hour two on Wednesday, so we're going to do it in hour two on Friday. You're planning out the rest of the show. You're listening on the podcast. This is one of the most popular segments we do. And in hour three, we're going to be joined by Joel Klatt. You'll get all your gambling picks and everything else. That is where we are headed. 877-996-6369. Cue the music, boys. It's time for the Anonymous Mailbag, live on OutKick. You've got mail, mother Anonymous Mailbag! If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. All right, Dub needs to let me know. In what order should we take these calls? I'm sure he's fielding a bunch of them right now. Dub, who should we go to first? We got a few on hold right now. Let's start off in Buffalo, New York. Buffalo, New York, what is your problem? How can I solve it? Hey, Clay, I got a delicate situation here. Uh, Recently made a cross-country move with my family. Uh, Before I moved, my wife and I were both working full-time, and she's she decided when we moved, she was going to stay home with the kids full-time. Uh, initially, I was pretty excited about it, um, but now 
it's almost like the house is dirtier when I get home. Um, dinner is rarely cooked, and I just don't see the advantage at this point, but I really don't know how to broach it. All right, so let me ask you a couple of questions here. How old are your kids? Two and four. So neither one of them are in school yet. Your wife is taking care of them full-time. Before that, I'm assuming they were in daycare somewhere before you moved to Buffalo? Yep, and that was a major you know, decision for her staying home because we were, we were paying a lot of money in daycare. Um, but Okay, let me ask like you this said, financially. Uh, let me, let me, let me, yeah, let me ask you this because I've been in this situation. Let me just ask you this financially. How much money did your wife make and how much money were you having to pay for daycare for two kids? Uh, she was pulling down about sixty-five grand. We were paying two grand a month in daycare. Okay, all right. Uh, here is a, here are my thoughts on this. Um, so when we had our second kid, I've got three. I've got a ten, a, a eight, and a three, a four-year-old. My kids keep getting older. I keep forgetting to bump their ages up. Ten, eight, and four. My wife was working full time, and we had two kids in daycare. She was a guidance counselor at a local high school effectively her entire salary was going to pay for daycare. And I, I think this is one of the great under-discussed stories in American life right now is everybody talks about how expensive college is. In my experience, daycare is more overwhelming in terms of a cost for a lot of families than college would be. For instance, when my kids were in daycare, I would have given anything, okay? I would have given anything to only have to pay for them to be in college because the daycare cost way more than tuition to college in Tennessee would have cost my kids. And so ultimately my wife stopped working. Our life got a billion percent better and our financial situation didn't change very much because almost her entire salary was going to pay for daycare. Um, now I will say this, taking care of a two-year-old and a four-year-old to me is worse than having a full-time job. If you told me right now, Clay Travis, you can go work full-time or you can take care of a two- and four-year-old all day long every day, I would rather work. So the idea that a stay-at-home mom is not working, not true. So I think probably what your wife is dealing with is the stress associated with taking care of a two- and a four-year-old. So what I would do if I were you in Buffalo is I would sit her down, go out for dinner, get a nice dinner, get a babysitter, and be like, hey, is this overwhelming for you to now be taking care of the two and the four-year-old all day long? Do you feel less fulfilled and less gratified than you did when you had a job? Because you guys were netting 40K positive with what your cost was on daycare. Give her the option. Say, look, if you would rather be working, I want you to be happy. I want our family to be happy. Things will change, obviously, when your four-year-old gets into kindergarten and she only had one kid. Then I think her life might be better. I think she's probably overwhelmed, and I think you probably had too high of expectations that the house was going to be cleaner when there were young kids there all day and that she was going to have meals ready. It sounds to me like your wife's just overwhelmed taking care of those two young kids and might prefer to go back to work, which might be a better financial situation for you. Uh, and so I would offer that as an opportunity, but do it in a way that is supportive as opposed to a way where it feels like you are attacking her. That is my advice. 877-996-6369. I feel like there's a lot of couples out there that make that decision about whether or not one or the other of you. Sometimes it's the guy. Sometimes the woman is making a lot more money than the man now, and you're sitting around saying, we're spending so much on childcare. would it make more sense for one of us not to be kind of in the middle of the rat race every day when you got young kids? 
877-996-6369. Dub, can you field calls while also potting people up? I'm not sure on the technology here. Absolutely. I'm a magic man with this phone now, Clay. It's it's been a lot many days since my first day. Yeah, well, Jason Martin would always complain and be like, it's impossible to point uh, to put put somebody up as to uh, take a call and also field a call. So, you're already above Jason Martin. Who's up next? We got St. Louis up next. St. Louis, what you got for me? Yeah. Uh so I have been with my ex-girlfriend for over 2 years. I was looking at houses bought an engagement ring and took her on a trip to Mexico where I was supposed to propose. She broke up with me a week before that. And then I didn't know what to do. So now I'm talking to a new girl, not as hot. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do because I'm still talking to the ex. How, how, so you dated your ex for two years. What did you do with the engagement ring? Uh, I still have it. How long have you been broken up with the ex? Uh, four months. Why did she break up with you? Uh, she said I wasn't uh, emotionally available as she wanted. And she also still lives with her mom and is very family-oriented. And I am not that way. Okay, so she wanted you to be emotionally available, and she didn't think that you proposing and, and, and coming up with the idea to spend the rest of your life with her was uh, potential. Now, does she know that you had an engagement ring and were planning to propose? No. Okay. Uh, and so you're dating another girl. Well, first of all, you've only been broken up. Well, I'm not dating the other girl. I just I found another girl, and it's a side piece kind of thing. Yeah, okay. Well, first of all, I would encourage you to keep the side piece going. Some people are going to say, oh, you should not know. I think that having another girl to kind of give you some of distract you from like obsessing over the prior relationship is actually good, even if you're trying to get back with the other girlfriend. Because if the other girlfriend, I'm just telling you, if the other girlfriend sees you out with another girl and is aware, oh, this guy is actually, uh, you know, like has some interest and has some, some, uh, some, you know, like interest in from other women. Oftentimes, that's the best way to get another woman, right? It's, it's like anything. Every guy knows that women judge men not just based on what they think of them, but based on what other women think of them. Because women, much more so than men, I think, when it comes to relationships, compete with other women, like. Every woman out there is thinking to herself, like, I want this man that I'm with to be desired by other women, right? I mean, that's just the way women think. Men, I don't think, spend as much time thinking about that. We're more focused on ourselves. I think male competition is more oftentimes, like, readily apparent. Like, we're playing in a sport, or I'm trying to make more money than you, or I'm trying to outwork you at, at, at a job. Male competition, I feel like, is much more above board. Female competition is very much, like, hidden. You know, like, oh, it's cutting commentary. Oh, it's, like, very social-based. So being with another woman, if she is a good-looking and desirable woman, is likely to make your fiancé rethink her decision-making. I also think... I also think you having bought a uh, engagement ring, I think I probably would have played the engagement ring uh, card when she was trying to break up with me. I think I'd have been like, you think I'm emotionally unva- unavailable? I just went and bought you an engagement ring to commit to you for the rest of my life. And now you're breaking up with me a week before we were supposed to go to Mexico and I was going to propose to you. Now, 
I don't think you want to get engaged and get married really quickly because obviously she has all these issues. But to me, this is a, this is a, a play. I think keeping the side piece is fine. Don't talk to the other girl that much. Make her come back to you and realize what a good fit you were. The other thing I would say is I would be happy that she broke up with you before you gave her the engagement ring. Because if you had given her the engagement ring and then she broke up with you, then you're in a messy situation. you got to get back the engagement ring and everything else. So my advice would be make her jealous. That's my advice. Jealousy works really well when you can get a woman stirred up and make her jealous. Uh, who else we got? Who's next, Dub? Uh, well, Alabama just dropped, so let's go to Spokane. Spokane, what you got for me? Hey, Clay, uh, stay away from the Guinness while you're over there, okay? Oh, I'm already all in it. Okay, and uh, one one point, uh, you were really interested in the lion or tiger stuff. There's a book called Man Eaters of Kumon about a guy by James Parker who hunted uh, tigers. Now, awesome, my, I'll be on it. Uh, quest- it's a very good book. It's a very old book. It's a 1950s book, but it's really good. really explains it. Okay, Perfect. my question is, uh, to set the stage, I'm 67, retired military, and I got a 15-year-old daughter who wants to go to a drag queen show. Who is she going Would with? Would you allow that? Who is What's she going that? with? Who is she going with? Her, uh... She's going with another girlfriend. Uh, okay, and 15, I don't know. Is she uh, like? Is she open about her sexuality? I mean, is she like? Is she a lesbian? Do we know? Uh, like, does she identify in some way, or is, this, is she? I, I'm just kind of curious. Do you have any knowledge of that? I don't think she is. I don't think she's she's fairly comfortable with it. The problem was is I have to be a little bit cautious because last year uh, at our local school, just a little dinky school out in the middle of nowhere we had a shooting with one dead and three wounded and it's really scarred her so you have to kind of be a little bit aware of that but on the sexuality part i think she she's got a boyfriend who's a decent guy she seems to be um that i don't think she's a lesbian or anything like that yeah okay well so here's my concern in general it's that she's 15 Like, so when I think about what I would permit my kids to do, a lot of what I, and they're young, so they're not making decisions like this. A lot is not necessarily where she's going. Like, I don't think the drag show in and of itself is a, is a no for me. It would be, what is the crowd like at the drag show? And the reason why I asked about her sexuality was, well, if she's a lesbian or she has said to you that she is gay, then I think it may be an attempt by her to find other people like her. You said you're in a small town. It's not so much about the event as it is just feeling like she's not abnormal. And so that is an, that, that's a big aspect of the decision-making. So I would be concerned personally about the average age of the people at the drag show, right? And so the, the drag show to me is secondary to... Is there going to be a lot of drinking at this event? Are there going to be potentially drugs? Is the average age going to be far north of her 15? And the average age of a person there going to be 22, 23, 28, whatever that age range is. So that would be my focus is make it not about where she's going. Because I appreciate if I were the dad, I would appreciate the fact that she is telling you where she is going and not trying to lie and go somewhere else. I would just quiz her about all of those aspects associated with this event. How old are people going to be there? 
How do you get in? Is there an age limit? You know, do you have to be 18 to get in? How are you going to do that? Are you trying to get in with a fake ID? All of those would be the questions. I would be less concerned about the event itself uh, than I would the age range of the people that are going to be there. Just like if she had come to you and she said, hey, dad, I want to go to this bikers convention. I'd be like, well, I mean, I don't necessarily think that's a great call for a 15-year-old girl because I don't want my 15-year-old girl to be surrounded by a bunch of 50-year-old bikers who are drinking heavily and behaving in ways that would probably be inappropriate for 15-year-olds to be surrounded by. So that would be the angle. I would I would spend less time focused on the drag show aspect with her and, first of all, thank her for being straightforward and honest about what she's going to be. I've been to drag shows, right? Uh, I, I don't think of them as being like dangerous places to be, but I did it as an adult, right? I wouldn't have wanted, I wouldn't want my 15-year-old son to go because of the age range of the people that are going to be there. I think that's uh, I, I think that's a pretty easy analysis there. All right, what else we got, Dub? We got Alabama up next. Alabama, what you got for me? Uh, Is it just me, or in states where it appears, based on all the evidence, there are a lot of low-education people? And I live in Tennessee. There's a lot of low-education people in Tennessee. Does it not seem like the callers have more difficulty actually getting on the show in those states? Like, 90% of the time, it seems like Kentucky or Alabama is the location when somebody can't speak when we go to them. He dropped about three times while while he was on hold. Yeah, here's my other thing. I'm in London right now. I have been all over London, and my uh, cell phone works flawlessly. Yesterday, I did the entire show because the telephone in my hotel room broke and didn't get a single complaint, didn't get a single blip. Why is it that European cell phones are more reliable? Why can you call me from L.A. on my cell phone in England, exact same cell phone that I use in the United States, and it's more reliable? I don't get it. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I tweeted about LeBron uh, and the Lakers debut and also the lack of interest in the NBA without LeBron. And Liz Habib, who does, uh, she's a sports anchor with Fox LA, said this, which I thought was interesting. I want to get Danny G's uh, uh, read on this. A lot of the media that cover the NBA, uh, ESPN, they pay for rights. Rights holders are often cheerleaders. They pimp coverage to drive ratings. For example, LeBron isn't the biggest story in LA yet. The Dodgers are. You might not know that watching national TV. Danny G and crew in LA. How much bigger is the Dodgers in the NLCS right now than LeBron starting off his career with the Lakers? I think it would be Dodgers 1, LeBron and the Lakers 2, and then the Los Angeles Rams 3. That's Okay, how much bigger would right now the interest in the Dodgers in LA, LA be than the interest in LeBron and the Lakers? Uh, is it 4 to 1? Is it 5 to 1? Like how would you assess it? I would say 3 to 1. But the gap is narrowing because of how the season started last night. And the Dodgers obviously had a day off, the series resuming tonight. So now it's going to be all about the Dodgers again today. That's kind of how it's been going. It's back and forth between the Dodgers and LeBron. Dodgers at least 2-1. to one. Do you think the Dodgers will close out the series tonight? They are a small favorite on the road against Milwaukee. 
I think so because Ryu has been one of the strongest pitchers for the Dodgers, and the Brewers were still a little confused about what they're doing with their starting pitcher. Wade Miley gets a back-to-back start. Impressive, unless it's not, because the Brewers pulled him after five pitches on Wednesday. Here's the one wild card. If Hader gets in that game and shuts down the Dodgers for half the game, then there's some problems for L.A. But if they can get to Miley early and get a lead, then I think the Dodgers will win game six. What's the expectation for who would pitch in game seven if that should arise? It, well, it would be walk. It would be Walker Bueller. But, uh, boy, if it, if it was me, I would try to go to another Dodgers starter if I could. You go, See, to, you go to Walker Bueller or probably Rich Hill. Yeah, if Rich Hill was available, I would go to Rich Hill because he's a gamer and he's a veteran. Walker throws pure heat, Clay, but what's been going on with him is the Brewers are really good hitters. And so sometimes when, when Walker doesn't hit his spots – that's when uh, the Brewers were able to get to Walker. So if I'm the Dodgers manager, I'm going to go with Hill for Game 7. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Joel Klatt gets it done. He calls games for Fox Sports. He's their lead college football analyst. He is in East Lansing where his boy Jim Harbaugh is getting ready to take on Michigan State and see whether or not he can beat them for the second time in four years. What's going to happen in the game, Joel? Well, first of all, I think he might be your boy by the end of this year. Who knows, right, how good they're playing yes. right now. Um, <laughs> I doubt it, right? You'll never you'll never be a Harbaugh guy, right? No, look, if Harbaugh won, like, I was uh, never a – like, I respect dominance and victories. There are only four guys okay. right now in college football who have championships, right? We got Dabo, yep. we got Jimbo, we've got uh, we got Urban Meyer, and we got Nick Saban. If Harbaugh were able to join that group, I would say, you know what? Congratulations, Jim Harbaugh. My biggest issue with Jim Harbaugh is he has talked about as if he is one of those four guys, and he's not. Right. Well, he is the only coach to win the NFL Coach of the Year and the College Coach of the Year, um, which that's not saying much, I understand. But he has won everywhere he's been. I've been a defender of him because I feel like he gets undue criticism just because people don't like him. People don't like his style. But as far as this game goes, this game could not be more intriguing because, Clay, they are right now, the, both teams are playing their best football of the season. And and I, at least for me, I did not expect Michigan State to beat upset Penn State on the road uh, a week ago. And so all of a sudden it made this just such an intriguing game. Um, when you've got Harbaugh and Michigan more in particular that has not won a road game against a ranked team in 17 tries, Harbaugh's 1-5 against his rivals, and all of a sudden his team is legitimately, it, when I eval- evaluate them, a, a genuinely good enough to win the rest of their games and go to the college football playoff. This game becomes just so juicy and so massive. You go back to last year, remember in the bowl season where Michigan State felt a little bit slighted, Clay, because they had to go to the Holiday Bowl. Well, Michigan got to go to the Outback Bowl, and, and Mark D'Antonio basically was saying, hey, you know, what do you, we're going to continue to focus on winning those games and beating Michigan. And then Harbaugh basically said, keep my program's name out your mouth. So <laughs> there's, there's everything. There's bad blood. There's rivalry. And then I think that there, there's serious postseason implications in this game as well. All right, so this is a stat that we just heard from my guy John Campbell who works at Odd Shark. I didn't realize it, but it makes some sense. 
Michigan State has covered 10 straight years against Michigan, which is a wild stat to have happen, all right? And a big part of that, I think, is because Michigan is the Cadillac program, and Michigan right. State, historically, is, you know, the uh, what, what's not a Cadillac. Like a, uh, what, what's like a, uh, inevitably we're going to have like millions well, of dollars yeah, about spent by whatever car company. Yeah, I don't know who your sponsors company. are. So, I yeah. just, so, maybe so anyway, not a Cadillac. A car that is not as good of a Cadillac, all right? That's what we'll say. Cadillac is, is a high-end uh, automobile. Um, and so my wife By the way, look grad. at us, the experience, the veterans. Yes, not, yes. Not throwing any sponsors out. Uh, inevitably, anytime I take a shot at somebody, I get a, I get an email and they're like, hey, they were just about to spend a million dollars on your on your show and now they're upset. because you." So, um, so it, is, uh, it is awesome. Uh, my wife is a Michigan grad. She yeah. hates Ohio State. But that's she respects you, Ohio why you State. Hate Jim Harbaugh. No, I get it. No, no, no. I should love Michigan because of the, the, my wife's school. But she does not respect in any way Michigan State. And she's like, I don't like Ohio State. I have zero respect for Michigan State because they are nowhere near our equal. Yet, Jim Harbaugh is one and two against Michigan State. I feel like a lot of people out there are upset about how he's done against Ohio State. This is a to me. This is a massive must-win game for Jim Harbaugh. He has to. Yeah. He can't go to one and three because again, it's going to be hard to go on the road and win in Columbus for anybody. So I think it's hard to judge him based on losing road games against top five teams. But he's got to beat Michigan State here, right? I I totally agree with you, in particular with the way Michigan State's season is going, with the injuries that they've had. You know, last week they did not travel six starters from their offense and still were able to get the win against Penn State. And yet Michigan went out there and beat Wisconsin by double digits. Only the third time Wisconsin's been beat by double digits since 2011. The other two teams that did it won the national championship, Ohio State and Alabama, in those years. So, yeah, I mean, with what – because all of a sudden, I think what you get, and, and, and maybe your wife would tell you this, is I think that you're starting to get the Michigan people believing, like, Oh wait, this is real. This team is his best version. Um, we can win the rest of our games. The way that Ohio State looks, in particular on defense and with their offensive line, we might be the favorite in the Big Ten right now. Um, I, I think you're starting to get that that type of belief, which means that this becomes a must. It's not just hey, we really need to beat them because they're our rival. It's you cannot allow a season with this much promise to get thrown on the bus by, of all teams, Michigan State. And and that's all due respect to Michigan State because, quite frankly, if you go back to the preseason, remember Michigan State was actually ranked in the preseason ahead of Michigan. Uh, Michigan was at 14. Michigan State was at 11. So Michigan State's got some talent. They've got some experience. They've got some teams, uh, some guys that have gone out there and done this against the Wolverines. But, but right now there's this sense that Michigan is on a special trajectory and and for that to get knocked off in a game like this, I think would be borderline traumatic for their fan base uh, because I think all those things are true. Clay, if you were to ask me right now, or you were to say like, "Hey, you're going to go and lock it in, bet your own money on who's going to win the Big Ten, I think I would have to say Michigan right now after seeing all the teams live. Well, and it's a part of that that Ohio State's ability to run the football has just fallen off the face of a yeah. mountain. I, I, I don't know what's happened there. Why is that? You watch all these games. You watch all this game tape. I look at the overall box scores, and I've just watched each week their yards per carry and their ability to run the football has gotten worse, even though their competition hasn't necessarily been skyrocketing. What's happened? Well, um, 
if you wanted to boil it down, I think that their personnel right now is not great. I think last year they started to struggle a little bit, and Billy Price at the center position helped them out immensely. See, they've always had – did you know Urban Meyer has had an all-Big Ten guard every single year he's been at Ohio State? This is the first year that's not going to happen. You know, he had Pat Elfline. He had Billy Price. Uh, the year they won the national championship, he had both of those guys. Um, so th- that's an issue. The interior of that line. See, they're not a tackle-driven team when you're talking about their run game. When you talk about their run game, they are what I would consider is a quarterback run and an interior lineman-driven run team. Well, they don't have a quarterback that's running it anymore. And I think that's getting a lot of conversation with Dwayne Haskins. And they don't have a, have a dominant guard-center-guard guard combination, combination. Michael Jordan, who is their best offensive lineman, has moved down to center. But he's trying to play center. He's like 6'7". You know, that's tough to do. Um, and they're just not getting any movement up front. The, the name of the game, running the football, regardless of who you're handing it to, Clay, is getting movement. If you don't get movement, in particular with your double teams, you will not succeed. If you don't get movement, you have no ability to block the linebackers. If you don't get movement, you have no ability to start gaining any sort of downhill momentum with your running backs. Uh, if you don't get any movement, you get contact in the backfield far greater percentage of the time than you do if you do, if you do get movement. So all of those things are happening right now, and they're just being masked because they've got an elite passer. I mean, Dwayne Haskins is, is good, Clay. He is really good. Watching him live, I was so impressed. Their veteran wide receivers are very good. They can throw it on anybody, but they don't do really anything else well. Their defense is not great. Their offensive line is not great. And if it's not Haskins throwing for 400 yards, you know, they're going to struggle. So I think there's some, there's some serious holes right now in what Ohio State is throwing out there. Are there serious holes in Notre Dame? That's a good question. I, I, yes, but I don't, I don't know who's going to exploit them before a potential playoff game, right? Like what team out there on their schedule is going to exploit them? Maybe Florida State just because of speed and athleticism, even though Florida State's bad and they have maybe one of the worst offensive lines in Power 5. Um, you know, there are some things. You saw Pitt uh, last week give Notre Dame all they could handle. But the, the bottom line for me is that Notre Dame has transformed themselves. See, defensively, they're a really good team. We knew that from the start. But the fact that Ian Book is at quarterback now, since he was inserted into the lineup and as the starting quarterback, Clay, they're averaging just over 38 points per game. So they're a much better team than they were at the beginning of the year. And at the beginning of the year, they beat a really good team in Michigan. So I, I think we got to prepare ourselves, and I'm sure this just makes people in the SEC footprint puke, but I think Notre Dame's going to the playoff, dude. And if Notre Dame goes to the playoff, uh, I know you love Clemson. Are you not at all nervous about this game at NC State for them this weekend? I, you know what? I don't love Clemson. I don't know. Well, you've got them number two I, in not, your top ten right now, right? Yeah, but that was born out of the fact that Pitt almost beat Notre Dame. I mean, Clemson rose – Here's the problem. Who else are you putting at number two right now? That's, it's, that's it's the a, problem I started I, to have. I, I saw Ohio State live play, and I was like, that, well, geez, that's not very good. 
And and yeah. at least in the last game Clemson played, they hammered whoever it was they played. Wake Forest, I like think. Six, yeah. yeah, Wake Forest, 63-3 to or something like that. I think Trevor Lawrence, the more he gets reps, is going to continue to get better, and their front four is really good. But they haven't been dominant. The only team that has gone out there every single week and looked like a great elite team is Alabama. Everybody else, I've just been shifting them around based on how they played that week. And, and last week I was not impressed with Notre Dame, and I was not impressed at all with with Ohio State. If if I had any if I had any guts whatsoever, I would have put Michigan number two after what they did to, to Wisconsin. But I don't have any guts. So. <laughs> all right, so Alabama, would you rest Tua if you were Nick Saban? Jalen Hurts has dominated against Tennessee two consecutive years. Both years that he started, the games were not close. Tua's knee is not 100%, and they've got a bye week coming up, but basically Bama's season is going to come down to LSU. If they beat LSU, they're going to be in the playoff, I believe, because I don't think Mississippi State can beat them. I don't think Auburn can beat them. And even if they lost in the SEC title game, I think as dominant as they have been, it would be hard-pressed to leave them out. They would be the best of the one-loss teams. I feel like Bama, if they beat LSU, is going to be in the playoff. Do you buy into that, and would you then make a decision, I want to uh, as close to 100%, you could have him rested for basically three weeks if you don't play him much against Tennessee? Listen, if there's any doubt whatsoever, I would rest him. Um, and have him dressed, have him ready to go, because if you really needed him and you were in a tight ball game, let's say, uh, even though I don't expect it with Tennessee – then, then maybe he could come in and bail you out. But like you said, it's not like their second option is bad. I mean, Jalen Hurts is a former SEC Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, Jalen Hurts led them to two straight national championship games. Uh, Jalen Hurts is a guy that is throwing the ball better than he has his entire career. You know, that offense right now is, is playing at a clip, regardless of the quarterback, that is incredible. It just happens to be insanely efficient when Tua is in there. Uh, so because of that, I, I would err on the side of caution. Um, I think that Saban would do that anyways, which makes me believe that if he's going to go out there and play, he's 100%. Uh, I don't see why not. But here's the, the thing that makes me cautious or, or nervous or whatever you want to call it. It was a non-contact kind of play that he started, you know, like last week had to come out of the game. That, to me, signifies something more serious. But listen, I'm not down there. I don't. I don't watch him run around in practice. Maybe he feels great. Maybe he's 100. percent And maybe last week was the week of caution, where there was just a slight tweak, and they said, "Okay, come on out, and let, let's let Jalen handle this the rest of the way." Outstanding stuff as always. Joel Klatt will be watching Michigan State hosting Michigan this weekend. Huge game. Can't wait, my man. You got it, bud. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.